The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, Typology Tribe, Ian Cron here. We're so glad you are back with us. Again, as always, I'm here <laughs> with my co-pilot, Anthony Skinner. Ian Cron, how are you doing today? You know, I am fantastic. I have my entire crew at home here in 12 South Nashville. Yes, if you were next door into the house, you'd hear a lot of clanging dishes because uh, the table is being set for a party tonight. Yeah, we have a big party and the kids are putting it together. I want my friends to meet uh, Kale, her wife Marge. Uh, we've got uh, Maddie, her husband Paul is here. My son Aiden is here with his girlfriend. And, uh, and by the way, her name is Max and she's a prize. We have given the imprimatur of approval. And um, so we are, are just, you know, it's there's a lot of Enneagram numbers in there. Okay. <laughs> so check this it's out. It's all covered. No, oh, we, so Max is a one. Yeah. Aiden is a seven. Mm-hmm. Maddie is a nine. Yep. Paul is a seven. seven. Yeah. Okay. Kale is an eight. eight. Marge is a six. Six. Annie is a nine, nine, and I'm a four. And once again, and once again, I am the only person in the feeling center. <laughs> Everybody else is in the gut or head triad. I am the only person, as like any good four would be, I'm the only one. I feel misunderstood <laughs> all day long, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's going to be a fun party tonight, I know. It is. I know. We've got uh, a ton of people coming over. And you know what we've been doing this week that's been really fun besides drinking this Ourobora. oh those of you who can't see me right now i am drinking Ourobora, which is the finest uh flavored sparkling water out there it it is a like a it, it, each of them has a like a fruit yep and an infused like right now uh what are you drinking right now I'm basil berry basil berry yeah right i think i got the watermelon peppermint going on over here it is so good Ourobora. check it out everybody on uh yeah i think it's Ourobora. a-u-r-a-b-o-r-a.com it's slamming fruit real extract uh no sugars zero calories and it tastes amazing these things are awesome yeah and so we have been drinking Ourobora while watching movies last night we watched the old Sure. Not the more recent one, but the one from the 70s, The In-Laws with Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, so good. It is so fun to watch old movies and just movies and I shows in general with the that. family, you yeah, know, yeah. It, which, you know, one of the things we didn't get a chance to do, which I'm going to do probably tomorrow, is binge watch the, the new uh, Hulu show, Cruel Summer. And I'm going to watch some reruns, some reruns of the ABC sitcom, My Wife and Kids. And I'm uh, going to watch Taken, uh, Taken, the show Taken, which was on ABC, right? Yeah. That was a... I want to see this. I know, man. It's going to yeah. be really good. And you know why I want to see it? Well, for lots of reasons, but... The big reason is, is that our guest today... Yes. 
is has a you know is the uh, a member of the cast of all of those shows right a major cast player we're not talking about somebody like waitress number two this is this is a person (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying like this person is legit this is brooklyn sedano now those of you who may have listened to our show with abner and amanda Mm -hmm. from johnny swim yeah the musical duo johnny swim uh this is amanda's older sister yep right? right yeah uh, and she was delightful. And what I loved about this show was that she didn't know her type. And I always loved that. Yeah. So we spend the whole show trying to determine what she might be, right? Right. Because she uh, typed on one test. She took as a four, another one as a one. Amanda said she was a one. You know, She uh, came out as a two on She something. came out as a two on another. And so we just started to tease it out. And one of the things I love about it is is helping people actually listen to regardless of whether you are a one four or two listening right. to the show yeah you're gonna be able to hear the kind of conversation that could happen yeah. as a person is struggling to figure out type yeah right and um so i i mean she was delightful so without yeah. any further ado anthony let's yes. get to brooklyn sedano hey typology tribe join me in welcoming Brooklyn Sedano. How you doing, Brooklyn? Hi, hi, hi. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. <laughs> it, is, it is so good to see you. Yes. We loved Thanks. having Abner and Amanda on the show. And now we get the privilege of having you. Yes, yes. We get to pack all sorts of family dynamics and love and all of this sisterhood and <laughs> all that kind of great you can stuff. Tell, you can tell I us. Was, the- I, was, I have to say I was a little jealous when they did theirs. So I was like, oh, I I want to do that. So I'm so happy to be here. Well, we're so glad you're here. Now, here's the interesting thing about you. Yeah. Uh, We talked earlier and you took a test. And uh, well, actually, Amanda, let's start here. Amanda said to you, I think you're a one. Yeah. The improvement. And then you you took a test. Yes. And once and it came out as a two and you're like, no, no, I don't think I'm a two. I think that test is wrong. Right. Then you took another test and it pegged you as a four. And then you were like totally confused. Like, I don't. And, you know, I have read a little bit of like a book and done a little research as, you know, a lot of people have been talking about this over the last, you know, I don't know what year or two. Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, you know, and I was like, always like, yeah, I probably am a one. I, I, I think that's where. So when Amanda said that and people were like kind of talking about it, man and Abner or whatever, I was like, yeah, that's probably, that's probably more of what I am, you know, um, or three. Sometimes I thought, oh, maybe I'm a three. Cause I'm oh, kind man. of, a dri- I'm kind of a driven person too, you know? So it's like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm confused. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm masking. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you have multiple personality disorder. Maybe that's right. what this I is. Am, I am an actor. So, you know, that could be the confusion. Right. That could actually be uh, a value to a point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to a point. All yeah. right. Well, let's, we've kind of narrowed it down to one or four, right? Th- yeah. Those are the two. Cause you're like completely thrown out too. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm a two. I, I, it doesn't resonate with me. Amanda's like, oh, no, you have no problem telling people no. And I was like, okay, I, I, I agree with that. Right. Um, so I, I do I do relate more to the, the one. But I will say as I because I always kind of focused on the one when I was like reading up on it. And then when I did go through the forest and looked at it, I was like, no, nope, that 
that is real. That is that rings true too, you know. So um, it didn't seem far fetched once I really kind of dug in. Mm. All right. So let me let me ask a couple of questions because this yeah. would be interesting for our audience, right? Like because mistyping or confusion about type is something people ask us about all the time. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm this or I'm that. And like, how do you figure it out and, and that stuff? So let's just model a little bit of it, have some fun, see sure. where it goes. And let's see if we can nail down four to one, okay? okay. It, it's not entirely shocking that you would get confused between four and one. Okay. Okay? Because if you, if you look at the Enneagram, they share a line. So there's going to be some one and four. There's going to be some four and one, right? right? So that can cause some blurriness uh, along the way, okay? There are some really striking differences, though, that'll make it maybe a little easy to uh, maybe peg this. But I want to start here. Okay. So you you played Vanessa Scott on the ABC sitcom uh, My Wife and Kids, right? Mm -hmm. Describe that character to me. Uh, and, and, and because you, and be, I'm sorry, but because it was, you know, your role, no one is more able to describe how you experienced in preparation for the role, what her interior world was like, right? Yes. Like her inner world. So tell me, tell me about her. It was role. a long What's time ago, like? but I think, you know, I think Vanessa Scott was a young girl who uh, was coming into the larger Scott family who got pregnant young, uh, but still um, was a strong, strong personality, strong person, uh, but kind and respectful and, um, had a, had her wits about her you know she wasn't like a pushover she she was kind and warm but she also had a point of view what was her point of view i think she she her, the guy that i played opposite of his character was kind of like a bumbling kind of not always the making the brightest choice and i think she was not afraid to direct him and say no i don't want to do this and um but still wanting to to partner with him and like, let's do this together and take this, this leap into, you know, one of the big storylines is I got pregnant and all of this stuff and we were young and like, let's do this together and being willing to, you know, take on that challenge. Okay. So based on what you know about the Enneagram and, you know, feel free to pass on the question. Yeah. Could you guess what her Enneagram type was? No, I probably don't. I mean, No, actually, Pro okay. no, I, it's been a minute, so I would have to really, really, m maybe a maybe a nine, maybe okay. a nine. All right. So mm. then you you played Asha Flynn, right, on um, yes. the NBC series, yeah. uh, you know, um, Taken. Taken. Yeah. What's that character like? She was um, much. I mean, she was much older, but she she had a definite like when something was right, it was right. When it was wrong, it was wrong. And she was trying to search for uh, the truth. Mm -hmm. mm. And she had, I think, discernment. She could tell something didn't smell right. Okay. So which of those two characters did you have an easier time playing? Or just felt like, okay, I got this person. Like, I got it. Well, you know what? This is the thing. Asha Flynn, I immediately 
uh, was it was very easy. You know, I think it was also drama versus comedy. So that's always a little bit different, too. But I mean, that's the thing about an actor. It's like you pull from yourself, you pull different aspects of yourself and you highlight those things. But I definitely feel like I I was able to embody that Asha Flynn character more authentically. Okay. All right. Good to know. I thought it was a fun way to get into yeah, this, right? Yeah. I wanted, because I love because it. partly because I think about it. <laughs> right. And so part but part of the reason I'm saying it is because I was thinking, gosh, I wonder if the type that she was playing, whichever one was easiest, would tell me something about you. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, actually does when you're doing typing interviews, that's the kind of stuff you want to it's not just tell me if you're this, tell me if you're that. It's like mm. coming in sideways at things when yeah. you're typing people is really sort of advanced typing. Right. But really, really helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really helpful. Right. All yeah. right. Do you when you uh walk into a room or a relationship or something like that, do you tend to spot things that are wrong or errors? Or do you tend to be more like focused on what's missing? Hmm. See, to me, those things are so similar. They um, are. They are. They're just a little nuanced difference. It right? is. It is. You know. Um, well, can I help you with it? Yes, please. Okay. All right. So <laughs> when that, you walk that's in, hard for me. That question is hard for me. I'll be okay. honest. Okay. Yeah, of course. So yeah. you walk into a room, and uh, there's. Your eye just happens to catch something is off. It, right. I, and it irritates you. It's almost like, okay, those books are out of line or the, you know, it's like you're, you're, does your attention migrate to the mistake and right. feel kind of irritated and then feels like I got to go correct it? Right. Or do you walk in and you see what's not working and kind of feel a little disappointed? Like, like it's like, ah, oh, well, you know doesn't quite live up to my ideal standards uh hmm. i feel like i can identify have discernment about something um my mo is to if i identify it that i somehow want to make it better okay all right sounds good all right so then my my next question for you would be when you think about aesthetic preferences yes right do you prefer something like precise and detailed or do you have more of a symbolic expressive aesthetic where precise details matter less than the overall nature of the work so i i think that i do like precision i do like things that have order this office is not a uh, an example sometimes of that um but but i also am artistic so even within that i feel like it's still not like it's not like i live in a house of just neutrals you Mm. know like it's it's like a neutral palette but then there's like pop of color you know and so um so you know i i can i interject something here i was talking to my husband and i was like yeah you know i always peg myself for one you know i'm a bit of type a a little bit of a perfectionist and he goes no you're more complex than a one that was how that's how he put it and i was like okay you okay. know I was like all right he's like you know like like i'm not the type of person that you know i i do want like an environment to speak to me so like i'm not immediately having to get everything in order just in the second like it's i'm not like one of those people that like moves into a place and everything is already picked out and it's all like together like 
Right. It's a bit of a mess, and I and I like the process of discovering a, a, a space and figuring it out that way. Um, okay. More so than feeling the need to have it perfect immediately, even though it does bother me that it's not perfect. Okay, so here's the here's what I'm asking. Ones okay. tend to value flawlessness, whereas fours value the expression of meaning, of originality, of um, something capturing a mood that does that make sense so that makes well that was the part that resonated with me like i am somebody that likes um i like things to be excellent right you know like i was valedictorian of my my graduating high school i'm you know like i studied hard like that it excellence was important to me um however authenticity is also very important to me. Sometimes I feel like, like I sometimes struggle with like social media and some of those things. Cause I feel like if it's not authentic, I just can't, it, it's hard for me to do that. Um, you are speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm a four, right? Okay, okay. So it's like, mm, like yeah. it, it actually drives my manager Jay yes and John and those guys they're like well you know I think at the beginning they're like man you got to get on social media get on social media and every time people say that my shoulders go down and I'm yeah. like yeah but then I got to play this shtick and yeah. I just uh, I don't even look at it because I can't take the shtick right right you know? yeah and so yeah it's it's like and so for me I don't post very often and when I do it's it's something that I feel like I can live with, you know what I mean? It feels like it is a representation of me or something that I'm talking about that I, I actually really do care about. So I, I yeah. hope that, so meaning is important to mm. me. Okay. I, I, you know, superficial stuff, I don't gravitate to. Um, and even in like conversation, you know, like I kind of, I'm the person you want when you want to have like a deep conversation. Okay, so do you tend to make decisions from the heart, from the space of feelings, or more from the gut, and then your gut says, do this, and then your mind kicks in quickly after to kind of think about the whether it's rational or not? Like, which one? I, I, I think so. I, I, I'm not afraid to take risk. So sometimes there's things that people will be like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense or whatever. But I'm like, no, I feel like I'm supposed to do it. And then I do it. Um, You know, I, uh, you know, I, I'm a driven person. So there's a lot of times where, you know, things that I I may not even really be qualified for that. I'm just like, oh, you know, but I've, I learned to push through the fear and and take the jump. Okay. Uh, Do you tend to be a black and white thinker? or a person who is really comfortable with paradox and grays? So I will be honest, I used to be much more black and white in life. When okay. I was I, when I was younger, I was very much like, that's right and that's wrong. As I've gotten older, I much more believe in the gray. All right. Okay. I'm not helping you, am I? No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, you are, you yeah. are, you are. Really good. And hopefully people are tracking with the questions, like yeah. which one is about a one, yeah. which one's about yeah. a four. Yeah. Because ones yeah. are much more black and white. Yes. Fours are all about well, paradox and gray. And that's, and that's what I related to whenever I did look at the ones. I I knew that about myself. But as I've gotten older I've have, and have more life experience and lived experience, I'm much more comfortable with the gray area. Right. But at 21, you were a black and white thinker. 
Yes. Okay. Probably so. All right. Yeah. When let's go back to twenty one. When you were twenty one, would your aesthetic preferences been all about maybe precision? Would have been more important aesthetically than, let's say, uh, all about meaning and existential kinds of answers being thrown around, or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, probably more so. Probably more so of. Yeah, like I'm put together. People feel like I'm a put together person. Okay. I present very put together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, by the way, when people are late for meetings? It bugs me. Bad, huh? Yeah, bugs me. Well, I, it's like not bad if they acknowledge it. If they don't acknowledge it and they're just like, oh, da da da, it's not. I mean, if it's like a five minute or a ten minute thing, that's life. But right. if it's like a real like disregard of somebody's time and that kind of thing, that that bothers me because I feel like it's disrespectful. Uh huh. All right. So, um, another question for you mm-hmm. would be. Do you like clear rules and structure or do you feel like sometimes like too many rules kind of inhibits creativity? Both. Um, <laughs> now you're not helping me. <laughs> I'm not helping you. Well, I, I feel both are true though. You know, I do. I'm a person that I write things down. I like to have a certain order to the things. I'm not mar- I don't get like if, if things are not do if they don't go exactly that way i can flow with it um because i understand that like sometimes surprises are like the best are are the best thing you know um mm-hmm. but i probably i i do like i'm a list maker and that kind of thing all right i'm going to give you three statements okay and i want you to tell me which of them sounds and feels most like you it okay. does not have to describe you remember with the enneagram if you just fulfilled 70 percent of the criteria for any sure. type sure it's probably your type right, right. so you're never going to go like a hundred percent accurate right you know yeah. just, in the beginning yeah. you might say eh, it sounds more yeah. like me than so which of these three statements sounds more like you than the other two okay okay i have a need to perfect myself, others in the world, to avoid blame and and criticism, and it's important for me to be right. That's the first one. Okay. okay. Second one would be, I feel this need to be special and unique and original and authentic, and I need to be special and unique because deep down inside, I feel like there's some kind of broken deficient self i don't know what this unnameable achilles heel or fatal flaw i have is only that it's from a long time ago and um it has rendered me kind of unworthy of love and relationship and so in order to find that love and relationship Mm -hmm. i have to be special and unique okay Mm -hmm. the last one is i have a need a profound need to succeed, a driven, powerful need to succeed, to appear successful to others, and to avoid failure at all costs. Whew. Okay. Um, I can repeat any of them if you're... No, if you're, I know. So, okay. So, three is I need to succeed at any cost. I don't like failure, that's for sure. Um, but... 
you know, I think, because hmm. I'm trying to think of me as a kid, like me as a kid was like, I, I did like to be right, you know, but I also didn't like to fail. Like I'm a Capricorn, right? I don't know how like astrology plays, but like I'm a Capricorn, you know, like I'm a driven person. Like I'm, I've always been like, I'm going to but, but the thing about wanting to feel special does also, that's what I think. It like all of this stuff like feels like it resonates because it just kind of like, you know, I think if you think about the family that I come from, you know, uh, my parents were very successful, but we were also artists and, and creativity and self-expression was also super important. Um, but I also, I was very hardworking in school and very driven and to the point where at a certain point it got to like an OCD perfectionist level of like, I would study for a test and make myself sick. Like I would like have stomach anxiety and that kind of thing. So uh-huh. that's where I tend to feel like I was more like a one because it was like this need to have things like to not get, not to like get a hundred on the test. You know what I mean? Right. Um, now, a three, this is where threes and ones get a little confused, right? right? Threes want to win. They want to get great grades. They want to do all this stuff. But the, the motivation for it is very different. Like a right. one is, ones are really afraid of making mistakes, of doing things wrong. Right. They're, they're afraid that they're going to get blamed or criticized or they're just, they're just frightened of, of mistakes. Yeah. I feel like that's probably... that's probably more of it than like a win at any cost you know what I mean like kind of a thing it's it's more it's not like a competitive thing where I'm like trying to beat the other person it's like it's myself like my I'm I'm fighting against myself do you have a really harsh inner critic yes how bad it's it gets you know I've had to as I've gotten older I'm less critical of myself but it's hard for me to sometimes feel content with how something is every somebody might be like oh my gosh that's amazing i'm like yeah but i gotta fix this thing here right okay and then like like when you watch a playback of something but it's in the camera i don't like watching myself (laughs) okay well let's just okay i'm just saying does your attention migrate toward i could have done that better I could have done yes. this better. I should have done. I'm ought to have done. I'm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. lots of yeah. shoulds and oughts yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Yes. Okay, and and sometimes that inner critic is pretty harsh. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Okay. I, I, I would say so. You know, I I think that um, I felt the need to to be excellent, to be special, and I and I felt that I. I, I felt like I had what it takes to do something special. Like I, mm-hmm. I have a very deep sense, even from a young age that I had a, a purpose. And so it's kind of like one of those things where like, Oh, I felt God called me to do these kind of big things. I don't want to mess it up. Right. Like right. I don't want to make the wrong choice and make a mistake and then mess that up. Can I ask you a personal question? Sure. This is real deep. Okay. And, and feel free to pass on. Okay. Did you have any, um, early in life uh, control-based issues around control. It could have been an eating disorder. It could have been, you know what I'm saying? Like, con- Yeah, yeah. Um, 
not like a severe, like, like an eating disorder in the sense of an eating disorder or something like that. I definitely feel like, uh, I struggle deeply with anxiety and, and I did have bouts of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, there was probably two, two significant periods where I had pretty big devout like bouts with depression not to where i like went on medication or anything but where like i almost left my freshman year of high school and then i left after about three semesters at vanderbilt i left because i was having a really really hard time mm-hmm. um can you tell me what the hard time was about so now i'm going to move away from specific sure. typing questions to, sure. to life story questions sure. sure can you tell me what was the you know the source of the heart problem you were yeah having? Uh, I think the, in the first one, there was big transitions. We moved, I started high school. I moved from, you know, the Northeast in Connecticut to, to Nashville. Uh, so that was a very big kind of mentality shift and change, um, at a critical year, which is starting high school. Um, and I was, you know, I went to Christ Presbyterian Academy in Nashville, which was a great school. Uh, but I felt a bit misunderstood. I think I felt very, very misunderstood and, and, pretty judged and um judged how like give me an example of that well i think when you come from when you're come from a famous family people have a lot of preconceived notions about how you might be Mm -hmm. um i was also you know one of the only maybe two people of color in the class Mm -hmm. so in predominantly white environments uh and i came from the northeast and california and here i was in the south you know southerners are very southern pride you know so um and i was smart you know i i was the top of my class and i was a smart a student in in, and and so i felt that uh people had kind of put me in a box Mm. When you left, did you feel relieved or kind of like angry at yourself that you couldn't make it work? Well, in high school, I stayed. Um, In high school, I had an an amazing guidance counselor named Kathy White. And she said something to me one day, which was, Brooklyn, what makes your garden grow? And that stuck with me to this day. And it was like, okay, what am I doing that I feel like I have to do because people want me to do it? And what do I actually want to do? And so it shifted some of the activities I was in. And um, at that point, I started to build some friendships with women that I'm still best friends with today. Um, And so I stayed. I pushed through that. Um, The second time around when I left, uh, there was other kind of dynamics at play. Uh, I was a little bit older. I had already been through something before. Um, I I felt that I needed to, I, I, it's funny, I left Vanderbilt and moved to New York. Um, I needed a new environment. I needed some other people <laughs> and, and experiences and, um, and I'm glad that I did it. I didn't regret. I don't. I, I don't regret that choice at all. I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh, I should have got my degree, but I. I don't. I don't regret it. I think I needed that. Mm. Okay. So, tell me about a time in your life when you failed. How it affected you emotionally, and how did you rebound? I didn't fail that much. Um, okay. I mean, I'll be honest. I I didn't fail that much uh, in terms of like achievement kind of thing. 
Um, uh, I didn't always get what I wanted. Um, you know, um, I worked really hard at not failing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I yeah. mean, did your teachers tend to really like you because in addition to being a real achiever, you, you were really a good kid. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you were good, yeah. responsible. Yeah. Uh, they could count on you. You yes. always got work in on time. You were polite. Yeah. You yes. were, you weren't a troublemaker. No. Right. And, yeah. and did they also, um, did you ever like, were you a kind of a kid who cut corners on assignments? Like, okay, I just want to get this done really, really fast. No. And, I was the opposite. I was the one when there was like a project that everybody hated me because I enjoyed doing the project to like the nth degree. And it's like, oh, let's make a board game. Everybody took a regular board game and like put construction paper over it. And I like built a volcano and I went to like Home <laughs> Depot and like made a mountain. But like, that's also the artistic side of me. You know what I mean? And so like, I, mm-hmm. it wasn't because I was trying to like outshine everybody. It was like, this is something that I thrive at and I want to mm-hmm. make it the best I know that I can do in this, you know, so, right. yeah. <laughs> so you were, you were more likely to compete against yourself than you would compete against others. Yes. yes. Okay. Did you, do you have a very high moral standard? Yeah. I feel, I feel like in life I do. Yes. I, I think people would say that I do, but it's not like, it's not, I really don't come. Maybe. I don't know. I was like, like at this point in my life, I'm not a very like judgy person in the sense of like judging people. What about uh, what about when you were younger? Myself, I have a high, high, uh, pretty high moral standard. I think. Would you say you judge yourself sometimes, and you can be um, as a young person, let's say? Uh, yeah, just I mean, I wanted to get it right. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to make the bad choice. I didn't want to like disappoint me disappoint my parents you know i felt very blessed growing up and very like much that i i you know was able to be afforded a lot of things and have a certain kind of life and so i and i knew that i didn't want i didn't want to take that for granted and Mm -hmm. i loved you know wanted Mm -hmm. to like i wanted to live up to the circumstances that i was born into does that make sense oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah all right, so let me just tell you my impression. Okay. And I could be wrong. I okay. always say that. I okay. could be okay. wrong. Okay. Sometimes, and I've said this to people a lot, it took me 10 months to figure out my type. So yeah. it is not abnormal um, to be uncertain for a while because right. you contain all nine types. Right. There's just one that's dominant. Right. It's not like... You, you know, there's just one magic one. Really, do people change types? Do no. people like, it's really like, no, your essence is your essence. Yes. And you will evolve though. That's why I was asking you so many questions about, well, what about as a kid? Yeah. Because as you've gotten older, for example, if you were a black and white thinker as a kid and you become more comfortable with great, that can just be the process of growing up. Right. right. And, and also because maybe the world, you know, just isn't as cooperative with black and white thinkers as, you know. Now, some people do get stuck in it forever, <laughs> right? Yeah, but, yeah. But, but some people evolve, right? right. They grow yeah. and they change uh, to make things work. And they suffer. You know, yeah. suffering has a way of, you know, yeah. changing us. But that core yeah. motivation. Yeah. And it sounded to me, even though you identify with a little bit of all of them, which is true. Yeah, yeah. 
correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe my recall is bad. It sounded like you identified more with the one than you did with the three or the four. I think so. I, I mean, that's that's when I read it, it seems like the pursuit of excellence, the need to make sure that I am living up to a certain standard, all of that kind of resonates. That's that's in my, to, it's like, I want things to be better, <laughs> you know? Like, right. right. So, you can be a driven four. I know plenty of them. Yeah. I'm a four. I'm pretty yeah. ambitious. I'll tell you, I spoke to Jay quite extensively the other day about it because I was like, Jay, like I am trying to. And what he said to me a lot about the four really also resonated, you know, because I do look for meaning in things. I do want things to feel purposeful. And, and you know what I mean? So it's like I was like, oh, that doesn't sound wrong either. You know, so yeah, that's but- why it's so tricky. Well, I'm feeling I'm feeling energy, right? And that's kind of what I do. That's yeah. a big piece yeah. of it. Yeah. And you don't strike me as a person who how do I want to say this? Probably gets lost in feeling for long stretches of time where it's like melancholy and about my suffering. Well, or, see, I but I did have very long bouts of depression. So, I mean, I don't know if that's different, but that's different. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A clinical or near clinical depression right. yeah. is something that any type might begin to look forish in that okay. space. Got it. Okay? I see. Yeah, They'd yeah. be a little melancholy, yeah. but like if you had said to me, and I've used this before, but if you had said to me at 20, do you want to go to the Northwest coast of Ireland and write poetry for a month? Or do you want to go to someplace fun? You know, or to the beach in California and, you know, do that guy's. Yeah. I'd have gone to the northwest coast of Ireland in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Just to wander in the mist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. I have, I have lots of childhood memories. We grew up on a ranch. And one memory that comes back to me quite often, we had a very long driveway, is that I would walk the driveway by myself. And I would kind of like... I mean, and that may just be the creative uh, creative part of myself. And I would daydream about, oh, well, what if this, you know, like, I I, I have that quality. Um, but it may not be the, the driving, like you were saying, it may not be the driving, but I, I do have that to a certain extent. Okay. Do you struggle with comparing yourself to others, feeling inferior and then at really envying their happiness, their normalcy, their seeming feeling of yeah. being at ease in the world. Does yes. that, do, do you feel I, like I, I do because and this was one of the things I was trying to unpack for myself the other day is that uh, as I was reading some of these things on the floor, in the sense that I and, and this may be in comparison to somebody like my sister Amanda, who, you know, for 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 we're eighteen months apart. Things have always felt very harder, like harder for me. Hmm. Things seemed very easy for her. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I, I, I feel like I, I've said, like, I feel like Martha and she's like Mary. You know, hmm. I feel like, like that I've had like things don't come as like easy breezy and that she's very much more easy breezy about things. Hmm. Um, and sometimes I wish like as a kid, I would say to my parents, like, why do I care? I don't want to care. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's so interesting you use that because I always think as Mary is a nine, which Amanda is, and Martha's a two. Oh, is he? Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Martha's a two. She's because when you know she's doing all this work and right. uh, she's meeting everybody's needs, and yeah. then she gets real pissy. Yeah. When other people don't show up to, you know what I mean? She gets yeah. resentful. And that's a yeah. two that's burned out, overwrought. And yeah. the nine is on the floor, you know, her little head on the knee of Jesus, you know, just chill, right? The whole thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so that's, that's, uh, it's, it's always to me a really interesting uh, juxtaposition yeah. of two different types who, by the way, often get mistyped one for the other mm-hmm. ah interesting you know because because they're both so kind and and right, right but you know behind the in the shadow yeah, it's not no, there's, there's a lot going on underneath the surface for sure you yeah. know yeah um yeah so so i think i do sometimes and, I, and i'll be super honest like you know um i will I will be like, do people think I'm fun? Am I not fun? Like, do people, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I do struggle with that. I do think, you know, because. Why? Why do you, why, I, I why would like people. I'm more of a, see, I'm not like, and I think it, it may be because it's not like superficial. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm more probably people are like, oh, you're more serious. You're more deep. You want to talk, you know, like, I'm not like doing drinking games you know what i mean right. like i'm not that person you know like i'm like eh, i don't care <laughs> you know <laughs> like right. that's not like that kind of fun is not like what i would gravitate to you know um amanda so. thinks you're a one right yes what does your husband think um i think he, he i mean he doesn't know like a ton about it he's an eight by the way mm-hmm. um so that's always fun um <laughs> but he when I said, yeah, I, I, I took this last test and I said I was a four, he goes, okay. He's like, but I can see that. He goes, I feel like you're more complex than maybe just like a type A perfectionist because it's not like you run into a room and you're like trying, you know, some people are super OCD and like need to have all of this kind of stuff together, you know? Yeah. Um, he goes, but there are three kinds of ones. Okay. And so one would be that, the quintessential right. perfectionist. Right. right. And they tend to be people who, for them, anger is an inappropriate emotion when it's yeah. expressed openly and directly. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. Those kinds of feelings need yeah. to be kind of pressed down. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the, the other two is less concerned about, you know, order things being correct and, right. you know, acting appropriately in every situation, which would be very, you know, and being good. Yeah. Being a good yeah. person is yeah. very important to ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As a four, I want to be a good person, but I more want to be an original person. Do, do you know I what I mean? I'm a one. I think I, I, I feel like I've been driven more by wanting to be good. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I think Can so. I ask one I mean, question? I, yeah. Yes, please. Um, do you usually attend to your responsibilities first and feelings later? yes unless my feelings are deep feelings and then i put it on pause okay um i it bothers me if i know i have something to do and i don't and i'm like oh i gotta do this thing i I think about it it's not that i'm like oh okay whatever i'm careful you know foot loose and fancy free i don't have to worry about like it's there it's there in my mind all right so when ones are under uh, a lot of stress. Yes. 
they kind of start to look like average or kind of unhealthy fours. Okay. Okay. Which so means, well, this, I, don't know that, I don't know enough like, about what an unhealthy four looks like yet. It's not good. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as is any type's unhealthy space, you know. Tell me but, about it, Ian. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, um, we become very kind of self-absorbed. We're very focused on our own feelings. We can get lost in our feelings. We start to over-identify who we are with our feelings. Mm. Um, we can be what's called labile, which is the feelings go up and down, up and down. We can Fours mm. can have more feelings in a minute than most people have in a week. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Tears to happiness to wistful to yeah. we have a we have a name for so many different feelings. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right. Um, you know, if um, like, OK, let's go to acting world. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's I've trained myself to do that. You know, so yeah, like, I know. But it's different. This is why. OK, so this is why it's tricky. So I would say. Like. I'm trying to think of a, oh, okay. Well, no, that may not be a good example. She might be a five. Let me tell you something, one thing. When I first started acting, I had a hard time being super angry, right? It was mm-hmm. something that wasn't a, I, I wasn't as tapped into mm-hmm. because, and there's few moments, particularly like with my parents and stuff, because I was always the good thing, good kid and tried to be good and not disappoint. There was a few times that I pushed back and got angry, but it was not... That was not a go-to emotion for me. And that was something that I had to work on to access. Mm-hmm. So uh, there would be a lot of four actors, not exclusively. Like I, like you look at Anthony Hopkins or wh- who did Nomadland again? What's his name? Francis McDermott? Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. She's very five-ish. Yeah. Quirky. Um, yeah. Uh, very much an observer, ex- a little eccentric. I think she's mm-hmm. a five with a four, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina Fey would be a one. Mm. You know, it's very exact, you know, and she talks about her time on Saturday Night Live where it was like pretty tough because she couldn't get it perfect. But yeah. hey, guess what? It's 11 o'clock. Right. You know, too bad. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I, I think of, uh, you know, um, Bill Murray would be a nine. Right. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Really? Yeah. That kind of, you know, go with the flow, you know, kind of just, you know, Uh that that sort of a thing. Um, Johnny Depp would be a four. Mm. That kind of like just when you thought you got to the bottom of the well, there was more. Mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins, a five. Mm -hmm. Very observant, sort of emotionally detached. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, a great actor. Yeah. He could play any of these these nine right. types, right? No. Yeah. But, you know, that... Yeah. Okay, do you watch Parks and Rec? I've watched like a few episodes. Dang it! Dang it! going to hate me when I say that. Actually, a, fr- a castmate of mine was on that show. <laughs> okay, so Amy oh, Poehler... Amy Poehler's character is a oh, one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amy Poehler. That's a one. Whereas the four would be, what's her name? The one who's married to the seven or, you know what I mean? Like she's the one that's always kind of snarky. Oh, you know, the black enough. hair. And she, didn't she major like in Halloween studies or something like that? <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, bottom line is this yeah. energy wise, everything else you feel one ish to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. And okay. because you're an actress, you know, you're studied in lots of type, right? Sure. 
And, yeah. and you have, because you, I mean, ones can be insanely creative. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like for the, it's not like one type has a, has the market on, you know, being well, creative. Well, the funny, that's the thing I would say that like very much my drive in excellence is, it's a very creative drive in excellence. Sure. sure. You know? Yeah. You know, um, I think that, um, you, you have your principled, you're purposeful, and by the way, you know, ones tend to be very principled. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. and being very, they want to know that their life has purpose. You know, yeah. they they, yeah. they want to know the that there's a bigger cause being served, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think you know who I think is probably the quintessential one actress. Who's Meryl, that? Meryl Streep. I was going to ask. I was going to say Meryl Streep. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I think she is, though. I really, and from what I hear, you know, she's definitely a one. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, another one would be Katherine Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know? Okay. Just, now, she was a particular kind of one. But, sure. But a one nonetheless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, I'm picking up one. All right, yeah, I, I, I that's what I where I I thought I was headed, you know. Um, so I was curious when that that the four came, you know. But listen, like I'm open, like I I just I I sometimes I'm like I think I'm self aware, but then I'm like, okay, am I do I not know? Like, am I doing so? You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. But, but that that does all of that does ring very true for me. Well, just remember. The greatest mystery you have to face every day is you. Yeah. And it's very hard when you are the object of self-awareness, right? That's yeah. why sometimes people who know us oftentimes know us better than we know right. ourselves because right. they're looking at us from the outside objectively. Yeah. Yeah. Right? At yeah. behaviors and attitudes and history yeah. and all that stuff, right? right? And I, I think, you know, it, it sounds to me like, did your parents, when you were growing up, did they ever say to you, honey, it's okay. Like, calm down. You know, yes. you don't have to work this hard. You know, we yes. want you to have more fun. Yes. Um, and I'd be like, don't care. I'd be like, I got to get this paper. And they're like, don't do it. I'm like, but I have to. Okay. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm feeling the one. Yeah. And yeah. when you were depressed, you probably looked like an unhealthy four. Maybe You know so. what I mean? Oh, well, yeah. No, for sure. Because what that... Yes, it becomes very not. That's one of the funny things, like or not funny, but interesting things of like when people are like, "Oh, you were depressed. You don't seem like a depressive person." And I was like, "Well, you know, depression is is like narcissism because it's all very internal. It's all about how everything relates to you, and sometimes it's hard to right. get on the outside of that to have right. the objective truth because you're so kind of yeah. in your head about. And yeah. the one goes to foreign stress. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. And yeah. so when. And the word I would use probably different than narcissism, which is sort of an actual psychiatric oh, yes, term. Yes, I would yes. probably say very self-referential. You're just all referenced on self right. instead yeah. of other. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now this is interesting because you said that once you took a test and you came out as a two, and you're like, I don't identify. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I the mean, reason I was like, I have no problem taking a no, saying no. <laughs> okay. Now there is a type of two that wouldn't have as much trouble as uh-huh. another for saying no. However, what I would say is it's possible that the reason it came out is because you're a one with a two wing. Maybe so. Yeah. Right. I definitely am like the kid and the daughter that has 
especially as I've gotten older, I, I was pretty driven and pretty much like, this is what I want to do. And pretty like, like, you know, that's where I'm headed kind of a thing. But as I've gotten older, like I'm kind of, I'm the one that like helps my dad, like organize, like the estate stuff. And like, I'm, you know, like I'm one of those, I've become that kind of person. All right. What is, can I just ask you a quick question about this? Like what? Of course I can ask her a quick question. She's on my, <laughs> she's on my podcast. All right. What is it that drives you crazy about Amanda? And what is it about you that drives Amanda crazy? Like what has been a, a typical, like, oh my gosh, are we having this, this kind of disagreement or friction again? Oh, um, well, we're both strong. I mean, you know, Amanda is a nine and can easily go through with something, you know, like go along for stuff, but she's cut, like she'll cut you. Like, it, you know, like she will bring up something from like, <laughs> oh, when this we're, is like, getting three good. Years old. <laughs> no, no, but she'll, she's the first one to admit it. Adler is too. She'll bring something from like when we're three years old and she'll like lob it. I'm like, seriously? Like that's how, that's, you're going to bring up something from when oh. we were five? Oh, nines, so, nines, so, don't, for, nines know, so, don't forget. No, and that's the thing. Like, I'll be like, I totally don't even remember that. And she'd be like, remember you did that thing? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, how do you, like, how is that even a thing anymore? Like, we've both grown since then, you know? Right. So, um, so, yeah, sometimes that, that kind of, that kind of thing. Or, you know, she'll be like, well, Brooklyn, like, just go do it. Like, who cares? I'm like, yeah, but I care. I don't want to do that, you know? Right. Um, that kind of thing. We, we actually have, I think as we've grown older, because we were so, you know, we have like similar friend groups and, you know, um, I think for the most part we have, and my older sister Mimi as well, really allowed each of us under, we have an understanding of who each of us are, you know what I mean? And I think we have a lot of grace for each other in Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So I think, in a lot of sisterhoods and stuff, there's a lot of like, eh, eh, eh. and for the most part, we don't operate that way. I mm-hmm. think I'd be like, Oh, you know what? Amanda's like, all right, she's off doing her thing. I, I'll handle it, whatever. And it, that's just Amanda, mm-hmm. you know, like they're off like on a trip and I'm dealing with the estate stuff with my dad. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of, but I think we all know our strengths and weaknesses. So I don't think we count any of those things against each other really. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought, it doesn't sound like you have, but let's say at 21 you were dealing with estate stuff. Would you possibly have felt like this is the right thing to do? It's the principled thing to do. I need to do it because it's the responsible thing to do. And I just can't figure out why Amanda is so much more relaxed about it. Yes. And not as not showing up to do the right thing she's on. You know what I mean? Like, that, would that have bugged you a little bit? Yeah, I think it's more that like there's certain things I'm like, well, she's, you know, there's value. There's some of the showing up and the responsibility, there's value in it, you know, or I think so, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's value there. There's things to learn or, you know, like uh, I would be the one sitting with the adults, you know, like I, I would want that wisdom and whatever. And she'd be off, you know, with our friends doing whatever. And I'd be like, no, I want to sit here with the adults. And be like, why are you sitting with the adults? You know, um, so did I people think- did, did adults oftentimes say about you as a kid that you were very adult yeah like oh you're like an old soul kind of a thing yeah right right all right last question like like my fourth grade teacher told me one day you'll you'll run wall street like that's okay like you know at the school announcement like she's given description of everybody one day brooklyn will will run wall street like 
that's the now, kind of kid in the fourth grade that right. <laughs> that's the perception I have. Right. Now, everyone listening right now who knows the Enneagram is thinking you're a three, and I want them to stop. <laughs> Because that's a stereotype. Everyone thinks the three is going to run Wall Street because they're so ambitious and they want the money and it's all about that and blah, blah, blah. One could run Wall Street for an entirely different reason. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's be a whole different reason, but they could do it. Yeah. It's just for a different reason. Right. That they would be successful at it. So with your husband, who's an eight, Mm -hmm. and you're Mm -hmm. sure he's an eight? Oh, yeah. Okay, so he's a hardcore. There's, honest. No, there's no doubt about his eightness, and it was just okay. reaffirmed by the last test he took. So okay, so what is a typical point of contention between you? Like, what's a common friction point between the two? Oh. Of you? Um, sometimes just like like I, you know, he'll be speaking the truth, but it's like the way that you speak the truth. Like you know, like he's he's very can be very cutting, you know, and so sometimes I'm like. You can say that, but you can say with a little bit more sugar on it, you know, right. um, and, uh, you know, he can be pretty critical, you know, um, on things. And sometimes, to be honest with you, it's like I'm already hard. Like, I'm already like kind of, you know, like hard on myself. So it's like there's something that he comes at me at. I'm like, I know, like I'm doing all of these things already. Like, you know, I don't need to hear that. Rah, rah, rah. So, right. Um, OK, that's very one ish. Mm-hmm. Like a one would say, it's almost like like ones are sensitive to 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 criticism. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And when someone criticizes them, it's like it's almost like they want to say consciously or unconsciously, "Don't you know? I know that I am not living up to what I. You know what I mean? It's like uh-huh. why are you keeping? Why are you adding your voice to the choir of critics in my head? Probably. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. And that can really that can really trip them over. So. And how would a four react out of curiosity? Well, uh, you know, fours also have an inner critic. It's not, it's not as active as that of a yeah. one. Yeah. And, it's, and it's for a whole different set of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a four can be pretty thin-skinned. Mm-hmm. Um, but their reaction would be very emotional, be very feeling-oriented, mm-hmm. you know. Like, this mm-hmm. only confirms my sense of deficiency. Mm-hmm. Like, my own... You know what I mean? Like yeah. that wouldn't be the same as what a one, how a one would react. Right, you know, right. it's yeah. like this, like a one might say this behavior isn't right. My <laughs> reaction would be what you're saying is probably right. And I'm not, a you know, a four in a not good space would automatically take on guilt mm-hmm. and believe that the other person was probably naming some truth about, it. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Got it. So, Got it. Yeah. you know, they, they tend to go in on themselves. Fours sure. can go in on, in on yeah. themselves. And uh, yeah. and they tend to be kind of addicted to their own suffering, hmm. you know, uh-huh. and which is, you know, I mean, like, uh, that could it's be very okay. helpful. And it's okay. <laughs> I don't, well, listen, I've grown past a lot of that. Well, no, I mean, I've met some people my age who haven't grown past it yeah. and uh, have made yeah. an industry out of it. But, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, that's 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 fine, yeah. too. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, back to, like, the, my career path, which is, like, I face criticism and rejection all the time now, you know? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you put yourself out there and people are like, how do you handle it? It's like, well, at a certain point, you got to have a certain, you know, sense that you are, you know, that you are what you are and that you do have something of value. And so you kind of keep pushing through 
sure. all the stuff that other people say, you know? Absolutely. And that's just part of m- maturing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like you either do it or you have to get out and do something else with your life. Right. Right. And I'm stuck and, with uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brooklyn, this has been a fascinating conversation. Has it? <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. I, I would just tell you, I'm not saying you're a one. Uh, all okay. I'm saying is. I was looking you, for really. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I think I am too. And, and what I would also encourage you to do is read about, there's three kinds of ones. One is okay. called a self-preservation one. Okay. The other one is a social one. And the other is a what's called a sexual or one-to-one one could be either way and there are three different expressions of the one right and so they're just clear maybe there's just another level of detail right uh-huh. that right. W- would be helpful and okay. see if one of those resonates more with you than the others okay. um, and uh, I would say only you can tell you what your type is your husband can't amanda can't no one is you are the only one who knows yeah you know uh and um you know when you get a chance look at my chap the chapter on ones in my book okay right and um and just remember that tests have limitations mm-hmm. right like a test yeah. cannot with a hundred percent sure you know surety sure. Sure. Tell you and what your type is. maybe got me on an emotional day. <laughs> could have been. Could have yeah. been. It could also have just been a bad test. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or uh, it can be that, um, you know, again, it can be I didn't have enough coffee. It could be, I, right. you know, whatever the case may be. You know, I yeah. just heard bad yeah. news and I felt depressed or sure, sure. who knows what. But, but yeah. there are. They're good data points, though. Even if it gives you a wrong the score, sometimes it's like, okay, I want to put that in my hopper mm-hmm. and just keep studying around and, mm-hmm. and seeing. Right. right. And again, one four, they share a line, so it's not yeah. surprising to me that you could get stuck in that space. And, and in the and in an unhealthy one moves more like they look a lot more like an unhealthy four. Unhealthy four. Yeah, when you're under stress. Right. You could go to this space of being, you know, more self-absorbed, a little lost in feelings, depressed, a little defeated, right? Uh, less motivated. That's all ringing very true. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. And more yeah. emotional yeah. Um, than normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and th- that's just a couple of the features right. um, of that of that sort of four-like. Mm-hmm unhealthy mm-hmm. for like quality you know yeah okay well this has been fun anthony yeah it's been good isn't that good i love doing <laughs> typing interviews <laughs> typing are, interviews are fun are you afraid that you didn't do this interview right yeah i'm yeah, a bit i'm like okay well all right okay <laughs> but she's gonna get off and should ought and must herself i, mean, I should have uh, done this that's i ought have said that no no, no no i no i i think uh i i'm happy to have a sense of uh of direction I mean, it's all about continuing to dig and to continuing to understand yeah, and, yeah. Um, and and that kind of thing, you know? So so I just did a, a screenwriting class for a, a, a local university and in their graduate school of film. And um, the what I did is I actually taught Parks and Rec. And I, ah, I have I have spoken. Right. Well, that's because all nine types are represented in the cast. My son was in that <laughs> class and he loved it. All nine types are in the cast. And in fact, uh, you know, um, I've spoken to uh, a director and a casting agent 
who use the Enneagram in their work. Wow. And I have spoken to an actor, actor in yeah. fact, right? Yeah. Was that Josh Radner? Yeah. Who was that that it was we had? Josh. Yeah. yeah. Right? Where we he spoke about, you know, I think it was Josh, spoke about uh, using the Enneagram in preparing for roles. No, I see immense value um, as like, because I say like acting is psychology, acting is understanding and motivations and why is this person the way they are and why, yes. are, what, what is motivating them to operate in the world in a certain way. So, yeah, you know. I mean, if I was a director, I would use the Enneagram and never tell the cast that's what I was doing mm-hmm. ever because I would never want them to know about it. Right, right. Otherwise, they would kind of come up with a stereotype of a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I might, you know, if you were playing a role of uh, of an, I don't know, an eight, and I said, to, I would say to you, well, why is this person so aggressive? Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, this is the reason. I said, well, do you think it's possible that maybe they are because they're so tender and they're afraid to move through the world without being very, very defended? That's those are the questions from between actor and director and castmates, and these are the, mm. the discussions that we have. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like real. It's like what is motivating these things, you know? Right. It's in order to recreate it and to have it actually ring true and have audiences respond in kind and saying, "Oh, like that resonates with me." It has to be truthful, and that is the groundwork for all right. of that. So, did you saw Lady Bird? Of course. Yes. The film Lady Bird. Yes. So there's a great Enneagram movie. Dad is clearly a nine. Mm-hmm. He's a oh, peacemaker yeah. between mom and daughter. Yeah. And he's kind of, you know, he doesn't like the conflict and you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, right? Daughter is clearly a four. Right. Oh, yeah. She is all four, right? Yeah. Mom is one. She's not a very healthy one. Lacks yeah. a lot of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't mm-hmm. understand, you know, right. And so if I were working with that cast, that would not, I would have said, you're doing a great job. Like you're really nailing <laughs> these parts. Like, like, well, and I don't know, drama. <laughs> but I don't even know what, you know, obviously I don't know the the conversation the director had with them. Right. Right. But like, I would say to them, I'd be like to the, let's say to the dad, I'd say, so what, what's motivating his behavior where He's kind of afraid to stand up to mom, but and he's he loves daughter and he's just trying to behind the scenes to make everything right. What do you think is you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And if I knew the Enneagram, I might think I have a pretty good insight into this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell this person, this actor, what it is. Right. But because I don't want to do their work. I want it to be, you know, coming from them. But I could lead and guide a little bit in a way that I think would be really helpful. And yes, if anyone's listening in the film business, I am available for consulting. But I think that's as a, you know, I'm getting into directing myself. And I think that's, I think it's asking the questions. It's knowing like the great directors don't tell you what the answer right. is. They ask you a question and have you come up with the answer within yourself as the actor. And so I think, you know, the Enneagram and understanding this allows you to know what questions to ask maybe yes. a little, you know, more readily. So, all right. When we're not on a podcast, let, let's let, talk about it one day because yeah. I'm so fascinated by it, you know, like how it can be used. When we did this class, it was so fun. No, it was I can, so I can imagine. Fun, man. I can imagine, you know, um, 
I, I think that it's it makes complete sense to me that that all makes such complete sense. And I wish I could have taken that class. That would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, it was a fun day. Fun, fun day. Justice loved it. Brooklyn Sedano, we had so much fun with you. Thank yeah. you. Do you want to tell – do you have a website of your own that, that people can well, go to and I check mean, out what you're doing? Website, you know, I'm on mostly – you probably have all the newest information probably on social media, on Instagram, which is just at Brooklyn Sedano. But um, – my, my show, Cruel Summer, is airing now on Freeform and Hulu, and you can binge it, and I think, you know, it'll be a fun ride. Folks are liking it, so yeah. Sweet. That's well, I, I love your sister, uh, Amanda, and now I love you. Who's um, left Who's left in your family? <laughs> oh, we got we got a whole crew. We got a cast of characters, so, you know. Well, we'll, we'll send the next one over. <laughs> send the next one over because I'm ready. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving on your family, and I hope we can, uh, you know, stay in touch. And seriously, yeah. do get in touch with me when you're in Nashville if you have a Please. spare moment, and we can yeah. have, uh, have coffee and hang. I and, would love uh, yeah, don't don't hesitate to give us a call. Right. Man and Abner certainly have my number, and I can get it to you otherwise too. Okay, great. Yeah, no, fantastic. I, I thank you so much for the time. It's been very insightful, very very right. insightful. So I'll have well, lots of questions when I see you. <laughs> all right, bring them. <laughs> Write them down. Perfect. I did notice, by the way, when I was talking to you about the different subtypes of ones that you got your pen out and you were starting to write them down. I did. Good. That's, That's very, very one, isn't it? That's very one. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Not exclusively one, right. but in yeah. this situation, pretty one. You want to make sure. And I am going to look those up. Write and that so that yeah, I will be ready. Yeah. That's right. Hey, typology listeners, we love you. And uh, remember these words. May you have love. May you have joy. May you have peace. May you have healing. And may you have rest. Until next time.